0: At the end of the day, choosing a college major, to some degrees, it doesn't matter.
1: (laughs) So that, of course, is the dirty
0: secret. (laughs) Hello, welcome to Hi, Mom, Let's Talk. This is our mom and daughter podcast. I'm Ingrid, I'm the daughter, I live in New York. And I'm Vicki, the mom, I live in Los Angeles. We're figuring out life from opposite coasts. Doing our best to cultivate a raw
1: and transparent relationship that is also generous and safe. So, Mom, let's talk. Hi, Mom. Let's continue our conversation about careers today let's talk
0: about college majors all right that sounds like an interesting conversation there's lots of majors out there (laughs) oh probably as many as
1: there are people
0: well they are more varied and i think professors and colleges seem more flexible these days with creating majors that are hybrids and not like the standard maybe maybe back in the day. Actually, your dad just told a story recently about how he kind of made a hybrid major and his counselor finally said to him, "Okay, let let let's put these different things together and then let's get you a major in this field just so that you can graduate."
1: <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of friends that had to do that in college, too. I think this is a good second topic in our careers series when you're talking about parents versus young adults, which is the whole point of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Because last week we talked about how to get your first job mm-hmm. and where moms and daughters and that relationship is informed by and, and informs the the first job endeavor. It's usually like the ice cream parlor, the McDonald's, you know, (laughs) the summer job that you just like you're really learning how to get hired and what that means. Mm -hmm. Um, And as an 18 year old, there's a lot of insecurity there. And so mom pushes buttons easily.
0: Mm -hmm. It's probably
1: similar with the college major. So we can tell a little of my story. And then in general, I just want to talk about The ways that college majors will or will not affect your career, because I think something that parents often talk about the major you choose in college starts to feel synonymous with the career that you're going to have. Mm. And while that is sometimes true, it is, I think, actually maybe becoming less and less true. I don't have like statistics in front of me, but. My little sister just went through this process. So many young adults go through this process where it feels like I got to choose my whole life as an 18-year-old based on what I study in college. And that's a lot of pressure. So we could talk all about that and the ways that the mom and and daughter relationship is affected. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, some, not very many. But some universities require upon entrance, upon acceptance, that you decide, declare a major. More, I would say, in the sciences and engineering tracks. So if you're, uh, I know in California at the polytechnic schools, if you are going to become an engineer, you have to specify that on your application and say, I'm going to be a mechanical engineer or a chemical engineer. And then you get admitted because they only have a certain number of slots. Let's say they had 25 slots for chemical e- engineers the freshman year. And so you declare, that's the slot I want to take. And and then you're like kind of put on a very strict track. But other majors do not need to have such a strict strict track of these are the exact 25 classes that you need to take to graduate kind of thing.
1: But regardless of the college, I mean, I think the cultural question is immediately and what are you studying? So there is like a lot of pressure there. I'll tell the the short story of my college application process and let's see what it brings up Mm -hmm. (laughs) for the ways that we worked through that. I'm the first born. We were figuring out together what it was like to apply to college since you had done it yourself. Mm-hmm. I went in for musical theater performance at first. Pretty gun ho We did all that we could to ask other people in our sphere about how what it's like to audition for colleges. You all paid for, I don't know, it felt prestigious to me, a -hmm. a like full separate coach Mm -hmm. for me for getting into college as a musical theater major. Mm -hmm. That is a like very, talk about declaring a major. I mean, that's like very specific. And they're, I mean, the best programs only have maybe 10 people per year that go to the school there. And so we were looking all over the country. I applied to a million places. I was in the middle of auditions. And I totally got cold feet. And it was like mid-November. And I remember a really stressful evening where we realized that there was one big application that needed to be turned in that night. And I was so behind on having the material together to send it in. And we were going to like a big family dinner an hour away where we were all supposed to be present and like at a family dinner and you and dad got really angry with me because i hadn't done all the things and rightfully so and so i had to sit in the corner of this family's house and like finish my essay or do whatever i was gonna do for like in my memory it felt like an hour i don't know how long it really was but like a good portion of the evening where i couldn't be present with the family and uh it was all to get this in and i i think It was after that night that you and dad sat me down and said, okay, we cannot keep twisting your arm. We can't be on your back all the time. It's okay if you don't want to do this anymore. You basically were saying, why aren't you finishing all your applications? Where is all the fire under you that used to be there to apply to college? It's okay if you don't want to go this route. It's okay if there's something else going on, but like tell us about it because that can't happen again. And I did not a 180 but I certainly shifted gears and decided I didn't want to do musical theater performance. Instead, I'll go do theater education because I do also love education. Mm -hmm. And if I was going to do education, I wanted to be trained in a Christian university. So I like fully shifted. And then we had to like scramble to ask people about Christian universities that did theater education, which is rarely a thing. And I finally got in somewhere and decided to go there. In hindsight, what I recognize is that there was a lot of me that just felt overwhelmed by the type of person that goes into to musical theater performance programs because mm. musical theater people are loud. <laughs> we're a lot of fun, but especially when we're uncomfortable, we like project even further. And so I just remember being in audition rooms with wildly enthusiastic and flamboyant people all around me and just feeling like I just want to sit in my corner and read my book before my audition and maybe i don't fit in here Hmm. because a year into college i looked around and i was like oh i do want to perform like what
0: what do i do now and the journey continues Um, (laughs) so when you were applying someone told us that if you're dragging your feet a lot that we should Maybe give you the, a break and let, and let it go. But I don't think, I don't know that we had anyone tell us that, you know, maybe you're just feeling cold feet yourself and really nervous and we could push past that. It, it's so delicate when you're like dealing with a child that you're trying to help them like make their own decisions. There's, um of course, Tina Payne Bryson, who I quote frequently. She has a phrase called, does your child need pushing, pushing or cushion? Does your child need a cushion? And so, like, even sadly, it continues. (laughs) Yeah. With adult children, with 18 year old children, you still have to ask the question Does my child need pushing right now or a cushion? Hmm. And so we were constantly vacillating back and forth, your dad and I. And does Ingrid need a pushing right now? And we felt like, okay, enough, enough pushing. Yeah. No more pushing.
1: Well, I think that's pretty much exactly what you said where you're like, we have been pushing you. Yeah. For the last month. And we cannot do that anymore. Like at this point, we are pretty much enemies because (laughs) every moment we are pushing you and you were pushing back and you're not receiving any help. And then things blow up at family dinners. So like I I do think that that was the end of that conversation. You being like, that's that's the end. How else can we help you?
0: (laughs) Yeah. So then if you want to change course and you don't want to do this. okay, then that's that. And it it is interesting because there we, we came two years later, where you were like, oh, actually, I really would like to do musical theater now. And you auditioned for a school in your same community. And I don't know why you just stuck to that community and you didn't branch out again to other schools.
1: I don't know either. I thought about <laughs> that now as well. I don't know. Why didn't you try auditioning at another school? Or maybe- I really took an easy no. I, I really don't know. Because I did. I, I almost transferred out of the school and of my college to go to a performance school, but I only applied to Belmont and they have a conservatory program. And so they were like, we'd love to have you, but you'd have to start over. And I didn't want to start over. And so I just like stopped there. Turns out I probably could have gone to like any state school anywhere
0: <laughs> you know like Yeah I think it was just like far far from your mind to think about coming back to California but you could have auditioned and come back to California and what happened with Belmont is like at that point resources were a question and we were just like okay number 1 you lose all the scholarship and you basically have 50% scholarship at the school you're at and mm-hmm. number 2 you'd have to start over in this conservatory program as a freshman and you already right. have Almost two years of college And like straight A's in these programs So that seems like a waste of money So it's It's kind of interesting Because choosing a college Major is a financial Decision to some degrees It's like a collaborative decision I mean we could have said Hmm. If you want to change schools then you pay for it But then that might have even in itself Been another year because if you Want to pay for it then you have to Demonstrate that you are Living autonomously without Your parents' income and the government doesn't make that easy to prove. That's true for like a year and a half, right? (laughs) So all of it, so it it all it does wrap up together, but kind of I guess for people listening, at the end of the day, yes, choosing a college major to some degrees it doesn't matter.
1: So that, of course, is the dirty secret. I don't know how much of a secret it is. But now people in this day and age actually have a lot of opinions about college in general. And that is like a sort of different conversation. But in many cases, not in every case, in many cases sort of stand by this idea that like still in the world, sort of like first world capitalistic world we live in, like having a major that you have completed Really sets you up for a lot of better things in life. Yeah. So if you can do that, that would be to your in your best interest long term, for the most part. What major you have truly does not matter. Kind of like unless you are going to go into medicine or or the sciences. But even that, like we have quite a few relatives who started with art history or like absolutely separate things. And then when they decided to go into medicine, like had to take a few extra courses and jump in that route. It made It might have taken a slightly longer
0: time. Two years. They had to take a post-baccalaureate two years of science classes. Your cousin that yeah. was, was a um – She was an art history major, I think. Uh Uh-huh. So that's no small, small potatoes there. That's not, like, something small. Uh No, it's
1: not. But I don't know, like, is there a way to separate out the pressure of choose your whole life now from the rest of the stress of the deadlines in the senior year and your whole life changing scenario? Hopefully. You know, hopefully there's, like, a little bit of a way to say, you know, like, parents, how do you cushion, support your child in their endeavor toward college while keeping that the question of like what the major is and like what well i like alleviating the pressure of asking your child to choose the rest of their life plan
0: yeah i i do think that that is so helpful and and the whole idea it wasn't that big when you went to college, but now it's much bigger as the gap year program. And there's a lot of formal True. gap year programs, which I just heard someone give a graduation toast last night. And oh, in fact, it was your dad that gave the toast oh, to somebody well. else. He talked about it. He's like, I wouldn't call it a gap year. I would call it, you know, he didn't, I don't think he had another name for it, but he's like, he's like a gap sounds like an empty space. Hmm. And it's not for most people that take that space space between high school and college, or even after college and, and moving on to a career, it's an enrichment year, so it's not a gap it's it's actually an enrichment year because when you hear the word gap you're like mind the gap which is what they yeah. say before you get on the metro in or the tube in London yep. <laughs> and it's like a pro it's a space but so it, it's it's a space but it's an enrichment space it's not an empty Absolutely. space it's not a void it's it's an enrichment no. space so I think that that can be very conducive to helping people understand a broader picture of what is possible in the world and then kind mm-hmm. of like like to shake the dust off of all the school, the the twelve years, thirteen years of one of the school calendar, and, yeah. and just like go, okay, well, what else? What else could I do after I graduated
1: college? When I moved to New York, I I was really intentional, based on advice given to me, about saying all year, both out loud and to myself, but very much out loud because everyone. When you move to New York without a lot of prospects, they're like, So, what are you doing there? <laughs> I, I was really intentional to say, Year one, I'm just learning how to be a New Yorker. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll get a show, maybe I won't. But, like, if the goal is for me to book something, this is gonna end terribly because hmm. my morale will be too low the whole time. So, go, year one, I'm like, the goal is to be a New Yorker. I'm gonna learn how to be a New Yorker. Mm-hmm. And I think that th- that might be a far better way to look at college from a high school perspective. Mm -hmm. Like year one of college, I'm just going to learn how to be a college student. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to learn how to live with people that aren't my siblings. I'm just going to learn how to like do the college campus thing, how to live away from mom and dad. Like if that could be like the more acceptable, like valued end goal. Mm-hmm. then even if you were at a school that where you had to choose a major, hopefully, like, you could do it in such a way that's like, you know, it's okay if I shoot in the dark. Because even if you, like, seriously choose a major for a specific school, a, a semester in, almost everyone changes their major anyway. Mm-hmm. And a year in, everyone changes the major again. So <laughs> it's really – you just really need to, like, put something down to get in. And, like, mm-hmm. I think that the. That's fine. Like that can that needs to be talked about as absolutely acceptable and still celebratory. Mm -hmm. It's not a cop out. It's not you're not like, you know, phoning it in. No, like you're just giving enough answers for you to be able to go learn how to be a college student.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate that. I just taught on the Nagoski sisters book Burnout this week in my parent education class. And one of the teachings in that is um, change the expectancy, redefine winning. So I love how you pull out the whole idea of redefining winning, like when you talked to people about moving to New York and people were like, What are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. You were like, winning for me is learning how to be a New Yorker. And so like having a realistic conversation with your potential college student, like these are the resources that we have. This is are the funds that we have for you to go to college, and this is where you'll need to fill in the shortfall. This is where you either mm-hmm. need to learn money, earn money, or earn scholarships or take out loans. Right. Um, that's realistic. Like there's this this pot <laughs> of yep. resources to go to college because you could take as many college classes as you want and take them for years, but. The other thing I think that I would say, and this is kind of like my funny philosophy about learning a musical instrument, is hmm. um, <laughs> I think it's really valuable to learn an accompaniment instrument. Because as right. you get old in life, if you're not performing, I have often felt that way about learning the flute. I was a good flute, right. flute player in elementary school, junior high and high school. I took flute lessons from the teacher who, one of the flute players from the L.A took, we both had the same music teacher in Minnesota. And I think, wow. I think, oh my gosh, if I had continued with the flute, I could be working, playing with the LA Phil right now, because right. we were basically the same age, taking lessons from the same music ke- teacher at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's pretty wild. But uh, what I have come to think, okay, if I'm not going to play my instrument like that, and I don't have a little band to play in, which is super fun, then mm-hmm. a more practical and life pursuit and instrument that you can take out is some kind of an accompaniment instrument like piano guitar ukulele Right. Totally. Which I I think you've probably heard me say before. So in that, along the same veins with the whole college choice, I think like I was, I flip-flopped majors a whole bunch of times and ended an English major with a writing emphasis. But I Mm -hmm. still didn't learn a lot about like practical business writing. So when I was applying for internships, I didn't even know what it meant to write a press release. (laughs) don't know maybe i had my my head head in the sand but (laughs) But yeah if you're gonna get hired as a writer like that's
1: probably what you're gonna write
0: yeah i didn't you're not doing
1: like creative writing
0: (laughs) it would have been beneficial for me to take one or two business classes in college and i don't have to take you don't have to take it at like the main college you go to you can take like a community college classes on like business writing or i don't know i just i I wasn't prepared for using an English major in the world other than teaching. And that's, of course, and I I was so, I was so anti in college myself that when people said, oh, you're an English major, are you going to be a teacher? I was like, no, but Mm -hmm. I had no other plan. (laughs) Not that one, though. (laughs) So I didn't even explore it really very closely. So I don't know. So the other
1: thing to talk about before we close is maybe just like a couple comments to delve into are often our theme of uh the stages yeah within life because of course what is behind the parent-child communication when you're figuring out college applications Mm -hmm. is this differentiation of the child and the sort of like midlife Mm crisis-ish questions of the parent which is happening simultaneously yeah. and that comes out in many different ways but often either in a really clingy parent mm-hmm. or really like people there's like a trope of like the weeping mom you know it's just like and it could be dad who's just like i can't believe you're leaving like this is the last time i'll make your sandwich this is the last mm-hmm. time i'll you know and it comes out in the really aggressive child who is like how dare you like i don't even want to like walk on the same side of the street as you you know <laughs> like kinds of so I just want to comment on that, that that is also a bigger context for the fact that for like a reason that college conversations get tricky with parents and and kids.
0: And if the parent like speaking for my parent, if I if I'm in the stage of has what I've done mattered, I might feel more like you said, clingy and anxious about the decision that you make. Whereas if I'm in the place where i understand that what I have done has mattered and I'm feeling fulfilled in my life, I probably will be a little bit more hands off with you Mm -hmm. and your decision and go, you know what, you might not whatever you might have a weird (laughs) major (laughs) in college, and that's not going to be the rest of your life and define you for the rest of your life. And that's fine. So Mm -hmm. which is probably better for kids to have the parents be. Willing to be a little bit hands off So I guess this is a message to moms Mm -hmm. As they watch their children Launch that as as I've Described before in the hills And valleys and the arcs of life When you're coming down off of an arc It's really important for you As a parent to start Having the upside of the arc Visible the upside of the next Arc in your view so that you know So you don't wallow in the valley Of despair and Feeling like you're you don't know you know your purpose or anything like that so
1: well yeah ch- I do also think that that is is true that it would be more helpful generally speaking for the child if mom didn't didn't attach your choices quite so much to her well-being mm-hmm yeah. The I think the deeper question though, maybe to help with that, I mean, you can't really look at a mom and be like, care less, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but I think like the deeper question would be like, what do you wish most for your child? Deep down, And if you really asked for that question deep down, the answer really shouldn't be something tangible. It should be, I want my child to feel fulfilled. I want them to find community. I want them to feel loved. I want them to feel feel supported. Like, Mm -hmm. like, you know, these, like, I want to say, like, spiritual, like, like, very spirit centered. Mm -hmm. What do you really want for your child? You want, you want safety Mm -hmm. and you want prosperity. Mm -hmm. And if that can be the part behind what you do, like, perhaps. Perhaps that's a way to sort of venture into a a, a more hands-off or trusting
0: approach for the decisions
1: your child makes.
0: Yeah, not necessarily like wealth prosperity, but well being prosperity. I want you to yeah, oh yeah, that's in it. your well being. But right, I think, and that's probably helpful to articulate out loud. And you know what? I saw somebody posted an Instagram where they said, "I wish we would change the understanding of like in your twenties, you kind of figure out who you are in your 30s. You want to you figure out who you want to be with or in your 40s. And like they extended all the understanding mm-hmm. by five years or seven years. Mm-hmm. And I, as some to some degree, I think that that the, taking that pressure off of, of like coming to that decision so fast is nice to take yeah. that off. I think sharing the value, like if you have the value that. You go to college. That's really important. But Mm -hmm. maybe it doesn't have to be right after school. Maybe you do work for a few years and don't.
1: And again, like vocalize where that value is coming from. Mm -hmm. I have the value that you go to college can sound a little pedantic. But what what that what's behind that is I understand whether or not you agree with the justice of this, that the world we currently live in rewards people with degrees. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I would like to see you set yourself up for success in a way that, like, gives you whatever it is, you like, uh, security, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Like, those are the things that really mean something to you. And so, you know, then you can have bigger conversations about, like, well, my child is really averse to going to college. Mm-hmm. But what is another way that, that we achieve the same goals, that they do find community and security and. I don't know,
0: whatever your values are. Mm -hmm. So choose the major you want. If you get cold feet, you get cold feet. And if you have to change your major, you can change your major. Take into account the resources and what it will take (laughs) to do that. And that might change your decision. Like it ultimately changed ours. We were like, okay, all right, well, we're not going to wash two years of college down the drain. Um, We're Mm -hmm. just going to go with it. And has that changed the course of your life? To a degree, yeah. It has. Yeah,
1: it has. But I can't be mad at having an education degree. It's given me a lot of opportunities to keep paying my bills, which is a very big deal. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, it all um, becomes the life that you make it. Yeah. And yeah. at the end of the day, yeah, when it comes to the mom and daughter relationship within that giant transition and decision, it's it's more about really vocalizing your values and the value that you hold in each other. Mm-hmm. Than it is about any actual decision.
0: Mm-hmm. Good. Well, this is good to talk about college it is. and possible career and how close. And we're gonna or keep going. It is.
1: We've got we've got a couple more stages of career to go through at least within my life. <laughs> so yeah. next week we'll talk about careers a little bit more.
0: All right. We'll have a good week, Ingrid. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye.
1: Thank you for listening to Hi Mom, Let's Talk. If you liked hanging out with us, please rate and
0: review us on iTunes. We'd love to hear your feedback and your support. You can find more relationship tools on our website, HiMomPodcast.com. If you'd like to suggest a topic
1: or share your own story, you can DM us on Instagram at HiMomPodcast or write
0: us through our website. Special thanks to Sienna Ryder for editing our podcast. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you soon.